laughs, fits, tangents. Matt and Mike, virginal fans, began watching One Piece and everything the show had to offer, and their nonsense ideas drove them to create their podcast. Buggy the Clown is back. Fuck, fuck. This is a One Piece podcast. (laughs) (laughs) These words lured listeners to their grand show in what's now known as the Fun Piece Podcast. special episode of the fun piece podcast this week's episode is episode 69 69. nice 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 so this week's episode we're going to title it the smut piece podcast smut piece podcast my name mm. is <laughs> My name is Matt <laughs> And my name is mm. oh, Mike Stop it. Oh my god, I didn't like that at all. Oh. Sebastian is also here. <laughs> Historian refused to be on this episode. <laughs> She was going to make her thrilling return, but now as we've pushed her back weeks with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fun Piece Podcast. Normally, Michael and I are watching One Piece for the very first time and recapping it, but not this week. No, no. No, we've broken out of our virginal cages and we are embracing... (laughs) The the episode number sixty nine. We are nice, 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 nice. Canoodling nice, nice. with One Piece. We are getting to know its characters intimately, inside and out. We are going to feel the love, feel the magic, and bring it to you from our lips to your ears. We're we're exploring One Piece characters in one real life person. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we so we decided we it's episode sixty nine. Um, this is coming out a week before Valentine's Day, but at this point, just stop listening and listen to it on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's way better that way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we had a wheel. We uh, we wrote down a huge list of uh, all the best One Piece characters you can imagine who was on there, uh, and we. Uh, we spun that wheel and we each got assigned two characters to write fanfic about. Yeah. Did we, you won't spoil who they are. Did I was we gonna put post those? the wheel I was, after we oh, record yeah. this? I was going to post the wheel. Yeah, just as a oh, teaser, yes. so they'll, they'll well. be able to see all the <laughs> potential characters. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, po- posted uh, the Tuesday this episode goes up. Um, yeah, we uh, yeah, so we you'll you'll. You'll see, you'll hear who those characters are. Uh, it'll all be revealed in due time. Um, it's going to be a hoot. Um, but, you know, I I think it's kind of, this is going to be kind of late news. 
Uh, I know this is a this is a we can't start before ten minutes, naturally. Naturally. But uh, did you guys know that for the first time ever, you can search in Google Images safe search off Sonic X Shadow, and what it takes a, you have to scroll at least <laughs> once before you find some weird creepy fan art. I can't believe you started Sega that with, did it. I can't believe you started that with did you know and then listed the most <laughs> obscure thing. No nobody knew that. <laughs> nobody knew that. No, Mike. people 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 who matter know that. Nobody knew that. It, <laughs> it's <laughs> but what if you did? That'd be incredible. I'm just saying, Sega did it. Sega did it. They they took it back. They they're like, nope, this is our thing now and (laughs) and you know what you guys can go to your little deviant art holes and have your hedgehog on hedgehog fun but we we're taking it back (laughs) sonic generations sonic x shadow we get to play as those uh those great levels from shadow the hedgehog the video game do you know (laughs) i saw somebody point this out (laughs) fucking pokemon with guns came out and everyone's like losing their dicks about it i and Are you talking about Power no, World? Yeah, fuck that game. I don't give a shit. Fucking Shadow the Hedgehog came out forever ago on the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. And that was Sonic with guns. And nobody cared. Everyone made fun of it. Ruthless. It's a different time. It's a different time. <sighs> Fucking. You'll never take Kyrie's heart. God damn it. Pissed off. Disappoint. I'm disappointed in you, internet. Honestly. It's like the time we like go back in time. This is a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast. This is not. This is a One Piece podcast. Sebastian, are you angry about anything this week? Oh, I'm angry about my recent um, Google search history for preparing <laughs> for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Which, so I, I have to like have like a technical moment here. Um, my yeah. waveforms are very small. Okay. I don't know if that is your <laughs> is your mic level is your your recording level still 95? Uh I believe so. I mean, huh. you just amplify it. Just amplify it, Mike, right. it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I always do. Uh for some reason Matt and I are all, the only loud ones and uh anybody who's got the third seat is quiet as fuck. I don't know what that's about, It's but it's my performer training. I have work. to I have to yell or I have to project using my <laughs> diaphragm always. So. I, I'm just saying, I can't even like make <laughs> it be loud. Like I can't even get to a quarter. I'm trying to speak as loudly as I possibly can. That's pretty good. Should we? Should we? Should we? Should we pause for a moment to make sure it's working? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, we we could either t- try to solve this problem now or. All right, let's, pa- let's pause. Let's pause. I'm gonna, I'm hitting pause. We're and we're back. back. We're back. Difficulty. Ooh, we're back. Episode sixty-nine. Ooh. There was also a Paramount ad for the Super Bowl, and they threw Hey Arnold at a cliff, and Knuckles was there, and Knuckles could have just climbed the cliff. You guys, that's like his whole thing. I like. I could not remember what we were talking about, and then Mike just picked right back up with unrelated nonsense. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know what's so difficult about this. <laughs> I won't be kink shamed. 
I will not be king shame. You guys ever hear a Ken Penders? Listeners, Google it. Um, <laughs> I have not heard of Ken Penders. <laughs> oh, man, Ken Penders. What a treat. Um, I won't get into it for both of your sakes, and uh, I'll just leave it up to the listeners to Google that guy and his relationship to Knuckles the Echidna, because it's a treat. His art's amazing, too. Anyway, this is a One Piece podcast. Um us we did we gave ourselves homework i think for the first time other than watching the show is matt here uh i guess not oh my god what, what <laughs> okay, happened to him? <laughs> all right stop <laughs> And we're back again. We're back again. (laughs) This is fucking cursed episode 69. Every time I talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, the fucking thing crashes. It's not meant to be. I think think it's more the internet doesn't want us to read this fan fiction (laughs) we created. I think that's more what's happening. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, so when did you guys write yours? Because I wrote mine... A few hours ago. Um, I wrote mine over the course of a few days. I just wrote down like little snippets of like sentences that I was interested in. And then I did Mm. compile it all today. But because I was trying to think of a through line, I was just like coming up with fun things I thought that were sweet and nice and romantic. And then I uh, and then I, I, I wove it together today. I, I, I almost uh, just didn't write anything and was gonna just make it up on the spot but i decided that was probably a bad idea i feel like <laughs> improvised fan fiction would be a, yeah i don't know if that would be great i don't know if that'd be great yeah. um it might get kind of what panicky. about you <laughs> what about you sebastian so i rewrote mine twice um because i Whoa. wrote it and then i was like this actually has very little to do with one piece and then I wrote it again and realized that I didn't solve that problem. I just made another thing that was not about One Piece. <laughs> um, and then I wrote this third thing. And it's it's like at least 20% about One Piece. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. It really is. I guess we should probably get started. Um, Matt, you got the Wheel of Truth, right? Um, I did. It might have. It might have been what crashed my computer. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so I'm not okay, gonna stream. Wait, no, hold on, hold on. I'm not gonna hold stream on. anything at all. Does one of you uh, picking um, Sebastian? You're you're one. Matt, you're two, and I'm three. Okay. Or should it be one and two, two or three and four, five and six? Since you're rolling. A well, D. I was just doing that, but in my head. Oh, great, cool, wonderful. What number did I give you, Matt? I'm two. I didn't pay attention. Okay, you're going. You're going. <laughs> Sebastian's one. I'm two. You're three. Yeah. Okay. So Matt, you're going first. Okay. Sounds good. I'm ready. Hold on, let me let me let me let me walk in. Let me walk in. All right, listeners, prepare your ears for a sensual evening with Matt as he reads you a tender moment between two <laughs> two car two car. <laughs> two car- <laughs> 
Should I give some context? Should I I give some context? Do Carpenter's Delights. (laughs) Context for what? (laughs) For what I'm about to read? Or should we talk about it afterwards? Uh, I think we can talk about it afterwards. Okay. I'm not... I don't have a title for this. Oh, no. I should have a title. Oh, you don't? I got a good one for mine. (laughs) Um, All right. I'm going to improvise a title. Do you want to call it... How about you... (laughs) I have one for yours. I haven't even heard yours yet. Um, how about uh, s- Splinters on the Sea? Oh, that's good. I was gonna just go with Got Wood. Oh, Got Wood's good. Got Wood's better. <laughs> All right, this is called this is called Got Wood with the tagline <laughs> Splinters on the Sea. Are you ready? Is everyone ready? We're, I'm ready. I'm prepared. All right, I'm, I'm ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> Don't be. Yeah, here we go. It had been many years since Gaimon had felt the warmth of another, let let alone the scratch of timber against his chest. But today was a new adventure, and he was determined, afraid, and excited. Just early that morning, Gaimon had been going about his daily walk, greeting his creature friends around his home on the island of rare animals, where he spotted something strange in the distance a brigantine ship with the figurehead of a lion with crossed bones. Hmm, thought Gaimon, furrowing his unibrow. That is quite the impressive specimen to be sailing around the East Blue. And it was at that moment that Gaimon spotted the Straw Hat's Jolly Roger swaying in the breeze. His excitement flourished at the thought of being able to see Luffy and the Straw Hat Pirates after all this time. Gaimon ran to the shore as the ship sailed in, but to his disappointing eyes, he did not spot Luffy or Zoro or Nami, but instead an empty ship with no crew to be seen. Using his powerful legs, Gaimon took a running start and leapt up to the deck of the ship landing softly on the strong boards of the brigantine, where the curious island caretaker found himself enchanted by the Thousand Sunnies' sleek design. As he explored the ship's deck, slowly grazing his island-worn feet across the floorboards and basking in the blades of Sunny's fresh green lawn, something must have happened to Luffy, Gaimon said to himself out loud. Hey, ship! What's your name and where are the straw hats? I forgot his voice there for a second. I apologize. Not expecting much of a response, Gaimon continued exploring the ship, but before he could do much exploring, a voice appeared in his head simply saying, My name's Sunny. Startled by the voice, Gaimon fumbled back, Wow, we, a talking ship. Nice to meet you, Sonny. I'm Gaimon. The two began voraciously sharing stories of their pasts, Gaimon's time before being trapped in a chest. Sunny touting the Straw Hat's crew that Gaimon had never even met before in their short time together facing off with the Duncachino family. <laughs> As their unlikely friendship blossomed, Gaimon discovered the Thousand Sunnies' desire for more adventures with the Straw Hats. But that the Sunny had been whisked away by the Grand Line Seas after finding itself temporarily trapped within the grasp of Thriller Bark. The Straw Hat crew was still on that enormous daunting ship, and the Sunny needed to get back there as soon as it could. 
Inspired, Gaimon proposed a daring plan to sail the seas together, seeking the thrill of the chase to get the straw hat safely off of Thriller Bark and back to the Sunny. The Thousand Sunny, eager for companionship and impressed by Gaimon's bravery, after so many years alone, agreed. Later the next day, the two set sail for the Grand Line. Gaimon vowed to return to his animal friends, but the allure of the Sunny... And also, helping the Straw Hats was too much to resist. Gaimon and the Thousand Sunnies set sail for the Grand Line together. Their bond deepened with each passing wave. Gaimon used his feet for most of the sailing and managing of the rigging, and his well-worn hands worked Sunny's helm like he had never left the sea. <laughs> However, sometimes Gaimon used his teeth for the helm, and it brought Sunny much joy seeing that toothy smile of his. One moonlit night, as the ship glided smoothly across the ocean, Gaimon found himself drawn to the ship's bow, captivated by the gentle sea breeze and the sparkling stars overhead. The thousand sunny, feeling the warmth of Gaimon's presence, expressed a longing for a closer connection. Sunny lowered its line slowly from one of its masts, gently forming a cradle for Gaimon to slip into. <laughs> Moved by the ship's silent plea, Gaimon entered the bed of lines being raised up and over the bow of the ship now facing the masthead itself. For a few moments, Gaimon and the Sunny faced one another, drinking in one another's faces in the, moonlit, in the moonlight, until slowly, Gaimon reached out, cupping the ship's figurehead in his hands. And in that magical moment, beneath the moonlight... Gaimon and the Thousand Sunny shared a sweet and tender kiss, sealing their love with an unspoken promise of companionship across the endless seas. The end. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was incredible. Thank you. That was very tender. Yeah, it was tender. It was sweet. What's the age of consent for a boat? It's true. The oh no, the very boat's young. young. The boat's very young. Oh no. Well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, the boat is made out of uh, a single piece of very old wood. Of old wood. Yeah. I think you're okay. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Uh, yes, I chose th the wheel gave me Gaimon and the Thousand Sunny to write a fan fiction for. So that is what I came up with. Yeah, we any, any con man. constructive feedback? I know there's some grammatical mistakes, bad sentence structure, all that stuff. I was no, you listen. You got a moonlit night in there, and um, I might be biased, but I think that's the only setting for a romantic uh, situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was jealous of your setting. I was like, oh man, why didn't I have a moonlit night? Mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's you never you Moon. always you gotta have a moonlit night. You gotta have a moonlit night. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Um, love a moonlit night. Yeah. Or caught in the rain. Ooh, that's good. Mm, yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> all right. Sebastian. Is this, is this a good what? episode? Are people going to um, like this? <laughs> it's hard to tell because we had so many fucking technical errors before. Uh <laughs> It's, it's going to be a episode. It's going to be one of those episodes where we're like, man, the the listener uh, numbers on this one are really low. <laughs> it's 
fine. Um, or it's going to go through the moon. It might go through the moon. I'm the enjoying moon it. I, I I feel like I had a very vivid image of uh, that moment. I liked the word uh, slip. Was it slip under or slip into? Oh, yeah. Slip into. Yeah. Slip into. That's good. Yeah. That's, you want that kind of uh, mm. viscous language, <laughs> I yeah. think. I like I liked uh I liked my uh talk about um Gaimon's uh feet grazing the floorboards of the sunny. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that you, was nice. You got it. I think you nailed the like subtlety of it. Like you want like um just terms like considerable length, you know, rather than really getting into actual dimensions of a thing. Yeah, I don't need to be like if You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't need to be like <laughs> Oh, Gaimon <laughs> opened the secret hatch on the front of his chest and whipped out his huge ding dong and put it yeah. into Bay Five of <laughs> Thousand Sunny, or sorry, Bay Four, the mystery bay of the <laughs> Thousand Sunny. Like, no, we the don't. last thing you want is something so direct and so crass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, Are yeah. you just saying that? <laughs> I can't wait for what you wrote, Mike. <laughs> I do have specific dimensions in mind too. <laughs> You have specific to okay. Right. That makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Do you want right. to go? Do you want to go next, Sebastian, or do you want to bookend it? Um, it's up to you. Mine's long, so I don't know if that's better or worse. Uh, let's go. You go. You go. You okay. go. We'll, we'll s- you go. You go. Um, I'll try not to laugh. Everyone, I'll try not to laugh. Every- I'm, I'm gonna it. laugh. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna laugh. I am going to read this through. And then at one point, uh, I realized before we started recording, there's a piece of information that One Piece fans may not know um, about one of my characters. So I'm just going to have a little writer's note to cue everyone in as to what the fuck I started writing. Cool. That sounds great. Um, I'm not going to do the voices right because I've never heard either of these characters speak. And <laughs> it's, just, it's Nako, right? That is how you say his name? Uh, we refer to him solely as Dr. Grandpa. Um, I can... Uh, that's going to be hard to get right. That's fine. You could say Nako. We'll believe you. Okay. But it's, it's not it's not Nako, right? It's Nako. Oh, Let's go. Nobody cares. Okay. I, dude, he's such a minor character. I tried to look stuff up about him, and it was just like... To you? He was a doctor on this one arc. He's very important. He tattooed Nami. He tattooed Nami. His, he's best friends with Genzo. His name is Dr. Grandpa. He's great. His name is Dr. Grandpa. Yeah. All right. well, let's his sister-in-law see. is lady who works at Book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's hear a little bit about. I can't. I can't wait to hear about these two characters, <laughs> Doctor Nako. Okay, my story is called Morning Champ. Morning Champ, Doctor Nako mutters half to himself. He approaches a straw cot, noting the steady breathing of the huge man on top of it. Nako pulls up a small stool and sits beside the bed, laying his hand over the man's forehead. He takes a deep breath and lets it out with a, with a sigh, leaning back in the stool. The sun peeks up over the horizon, flooding the small infirmary with light. It is half medical facility and half straw hut. 
Nako gets up from his stool and paces around the room, letting his hand tra- hands trace the corners of empty cots and strewn about visitors' chairs. He takes a moment to rearrange some of the more haphazardly left seats. There's no better feeling for a doctor than an empty infirmary. Well, mostly empty. Nako looks back to the occupied cot. The man there arrived in a, by a huge metallic flying machine and was clad in a sort of light body armor that Nako had never seen before. <laughs> Nako had removed the armor along with his bright red and yellow tunic in order to inspect the patient. The red and yellow tunic laid at the foot of his bed now, emblazoned with the number 87 and the name Kelsey on the back. <laughs> Nako noted the, enti- the attire and the metallic flying machine, but thought m- nothing more of it once there was a patient to attend to. The other men in the flying machine said that they would be back, and to please treat him as best he could. The huge man, Kelsey, had been flown in to see Nako specifically, which is a, sp- a surprising revelation, Nako thought. Who was this man with the strange armor, and how did he even know about Nako, or where to find him? After the events of Arlong Park, he had decided to leave Kokoyashi Village and establish his own medical station on the Grand Line, knowing there'd be a need for it. He was, prepa- he was prepared to treat all manner of injuries incurred. He was prepared to treat all manner, manner of injuries incurred one might see while adventure, adventuring on the high seas in a life of piracy. This man from the sky, however, he wasn't expecting. Outside, the birds began chattering excitedly, and the background noise of the waves crashing along shore was being slowly replaced by the low growl of a distant jet propelled engine. <laughs> Nako made his way to the entrance of the infirmary and peered into the light of the rising sun. The machine was just a dot on the horizon, but it was approaching fast. Had Nako had an encyclopedic knowledge of the aircraft, uh, had Nako had an encyclopedic knowledge of aircraft, he may have recognized this as a Dassault Falcon 900LX, boasting a <laughs> 70-foot wingspan, a top speed of just under 700 miles per hour, and a seating capacity for 13 passengers. Nako did not have an encyclopedic knowledge of aircraft and mostly just looked on in wonder at the things man is capable of creating how quickly could the grand line be traversed in a machine like that what sort of cannons do they keep on it how does it even work at all the questions faded away as the private jet came in on approach if it hadn't already landed here Nako wouldn't have thought it possible there wasn't so much a runway as, as there was a long patch of dirt that Nako had tried to flatten outside of the infirmary the plane's wings barely fit between the rows of palm trees on either side as it descended. With thunderous clattering that could only be achieved by 45,000 pounds of engineered aluminum and jet fuel rolling down a dirt path, the jet came to a stop in front of the infirmary. The metallic monster had barely stopped when a door opened and a staircase extended out from the opening. A tall, young, blonde woman emerged from the door, half stumbling down the steps as she squinted into the bright morning light. Her first steps onto the dirt path saw her heels sink into the ground. She took a few more labored steps in the heels before kicking them off in frustration. Now barefoot, she started half-jogging in the direction of the infirmary, one hand above her head to block out the sun. She hadn't even noticed Nako standing in the shade of the building as she rushed past him. The distraught woman crashed through the front doors and disappeared into the infirmary. Nako looked back at the metal monstrosity in his front yard one more time with trepidation before turning back and heading inside. The mysterious woman had sat down in the stool Nako was sitting in just a few moments ago, and she placed her hand on the man's head in a similar fashion as well. Nako shuffled towards the cot, trying to make as much noise with his steps as he could, as to, 
as to not startle this clearly distraught woman. She made no sign of noticing, pre noticing his presence. Nako cleared his throat. They said someone would be back for him. Is he going to be okay? she asked. Hard to say, said Nako. By every metric I can measure, he should be completely healthy. But he remains unconscious. That's what every other doctor has told me. We came here because we thought it would be different. Eastern medicine, holistics, something like that. Her voice trails off, heavy with the desperation of someone who feels as though they've tried everything. I'll do the best I can with what I have, Nako, Nako replied. I have money, said the woman. Nako shook his head. Unfortunately, money isn't the problem here. This doesn't seem to be a problem we can solve with berries. The word berries bounced around inside the woman's head for a moment as she searched for its meaning in this context. <laughs> Finding none, she decided she must have misheard him. She looked blankly at the old healer, unsure of what to say next. He extended his hand towards her. Dr. Nako. Taylor, she replies. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift? Nako questions, recognition dawning in his eyes. I used to know a family of shipwrights that would go by the name of Swift. Are you in a relation? <laughs> Taylor had become accustomed to being recognized and was thrown off by the question. Uh, uh, oh, um, no, she stammered quietly. Sorry. Ah, uh, nothing to be sorry about. They were lousy shipwrights anyway. I hadn't seen them in agents. Nako's gaze drifts to the open window nearby and the ocean beyond it. He seems to quickly lose himself in some distant memory. Taylor clears her throat and motions back towards the man in the cot. Nako brings his mind out of the open ocean and back to the infirmary room, resuming an air of professionality. Your husband, he asks. Boyfriend. I see. Is there anything we can do for him? Taylor asks. Unfortunately, the only medication I know to give him now is time. Nako puts a reassuring hand on her shoulder before walking away. His grip feels gentle but firm, and despite the fact that she only just met him, Taylor does feel slightly reassured. Nako steps outside the infirmary, leaving the two of them alone. Outside, there's a man wearing a navy blue suit and some sort of headset apparatus that Nako doesn't recognize. He sees Nako leave the infirmary and approaches with, with an official and expensive-looking strut. He extends a hand. Captain Andy Brown, he says, jerking a thumb over his shoulder. I pilot that bird parked in front of your medical center. Nako shakes his hand. Dr. Nako, that's quite a machine you have there, Captain. Yeah, she's a beaut. And he looks back at the plane in a moment of self-admiration. And without looking back at Nako, adds, This place was damn hard to find, Doc. I don't think I've ever seen it on a map. The mysteries of the, gra of the Grand Line are many, replied Dr. Nako. Captain Brown furrows his brow in, confusions upon, in confusion upon hearing the words Grand Line, but decides against pursuing the thought. He turns, he turns back to Nako. She's going to be staying here a while. She won't want to leave him. We loaded up the plane with some of her things. I'll have the crew unload. Any place you want us to put it? Nako, take, Nako taken aback, stuttered. Uh, any place not in the way of the beds. I do have an infirmary to run here. <laughs> Captain Brown nodded and started walking towards the back of the plane, motioning with his hands to the crew. He turned around briefly, adding, Nice to meet you, Doc, as he walked away. Likewise. Nako let the men unload the plane and return to his patient after they'd left. Upon entering the clinic, he noticed the newly placed group of boxes in the corner of the room nearest to Taylor, 
and the unconscious man. Naka walked over to the two of them and cleared his throat, making his presence known. Taylor looked up from the unconscious man. You say time is what he needs? Nako nods. It is the only treatment I can prescribe at the moment. Taylor looks at the unconscious man and then back to Nako. Then time it is. So I want to take a little break here. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, Taylor Swift is dating a professional football player named Travis Kelsey. <laughs> In case you didn't know that information, that is who that man is. Fly one ahead. The first few days were quiet, mostly. Nako attended to some maintenance tasks around the infirmary. Taylor rarely left the side of the cot. She took some time to unpack a few boxes and tried to make the corner next to the cot seem more like home. Some family pictures, some small mementos from trips taken long ago, a stuffed animal she's had since she was a kid. She never seemed to want to talk much, and Dr. Nako did not push her to. After about a week, Taylor started humming. So quiet at first, she wasn't even quite sure that she was making any noise at all. Then she was humming to herself, then to the man in the bed, then to the whole room. Dr. Nako, in the midst of a midday cleanup, stopped his sweeping and rested his chin on his broom to listen. Her humming held everything she couldn't anymore. Sorrow, anger, grief, frustration, loneliness, hope, and the overarching indescribable longing for the way things used to be. It nearly brought Dr. Narco, Nar, <laughs> nearly brought Dr. Nako to tears, and he felt a warmth in his heart that the old doctor had not felt in many years. He closed his eyes and listened, letting the sound wash over him, until it suddenly stopped. When he opened his eyes, Taylor was looking back at him. He jilted up off his broom like it had bit him, and as the blood rushed to his face in embarrassment, he fumbled with the handle, trying to make it look like he'd been sweeping the whole time. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It's okay, Taylor interrupted interrupted him. (laughs) You have a beautiful voice, Dr. Nako offered. Do you sing? Do I sing? I'm Taylor Swift, she said incredulously. (laughs) I'm Dr. Nako, he said automatically, not knowing how to respond. Do you really not know me? She asked. Not outside of the last few days, no, he said matter-of-factly. This had become incredibly rare in Taylor's life. She hadn't met anyone in years who didn't already know who she was, or at least thought they knew who she was. All of them strangers with expectations in their eyes. Scores of people who had spent hours reading tabloids and watching newsreels, and only minutes with Taylor herself. Each person with their own self-prescribed doses of supposition and conjecture. And then there was Nako, who didn't know her at all, hadn't read the tabloid, hadn't watched the news, and somehow he seemed more interested in Taylor the real Taylor, than anyone else had been in years. <laughs> she smiled at Dr. Nako. Well, maybe we should get to know each other while I'm here, then. The next few weeks were full of swapping stories. Taylor told Dr. Nako about the big things, the huge tours, screaming fans, flying all around, flying all over the globe for concerts. Nako seemed to be intrigued, but, little, but a little disbelieving of some of her stories. She also told him about the little things, her first guitar, teaching herself piano, and the social hierarchy of her three cats. <laughs> Nako seemed to love these type of stories and constantly asked for more. Taylor would oblige in exchange for one of Nako's stories, which all seemed to be fantasy to her. Nako, Nako talked about his glory days out in the open seas, stories of formidable pirates with special powers, men who were part fish and could breathe underwater, and of one strange boy with elastic arms. 
Both Nako and Taylor were fascinated by one another, each seeming to every day have a more fantastic story to tell than they did the day before. Getting, each, getting to know each other became a way to pass the time and to avoid thinking about the uncertain fate of the unconscious man in the hospital cot. The first time Nako made Taylor laugh, it seemed wrong, like something she shouldn't be allowed to do, given the circumstances. As days turned into weeks, though, and weeks turned into months, she couldn't force herself to stay miserable while she was there. A few months after she arrived, a ship came ashore, unlike anything she'd ever seen before. It came adorned with a pirate flag and a large sculpture of a white fox face at the front. The pirates on board had sustained a few minor injuries and came to, to Nako for help. While they were there, Taylor tried to confirm some of Nako's stories, and to her surprise, the pirates did corroborate the tales, even the ones about the boy with the stretchy arms. As she talked to the crew, she watched Nako tend to the new influx of patients. He was calm, strong, kind, and caring, even when the boisterous pirate crew put his nerves to the test. She felt her heart rate increase as she watched him, followed immediately by the feeling of guilt. She turned to look at the unconscious man, feeling a little ashamed. The pirate ship with the white fox front left almost as quickly as it arrived. Nako delivered quickly, Nako delivered care quickly and efficiently. They were alone again. Nako slumped down in an empty chair, exhausted from his day's work. Taylor took a seat next to him. It's really impressive what you do, she said. Oh, that? That was nothing. Just a few bumps and bruises, he replied. Oh, don't sell, don't sell yourself short, Taylor teased, putting her hand on his knee. Nako <gasps> looked down at her hand and then met Taylor's eyes. She quickly pulled it away, feeling embarrassed again. Nako, feeling the tension of the moment, put his hand on her knee, just as she had done. There was something about his touch, thought Taylor. A single touch made a feeling of calm reassurance come over her. Suddenly she was looking into his eyes, leaning closer. Nako leaned in. As her lips touched, there was a rustle from across the room, from where the unconscious man lay dormant these last few months. The man in the hospital cot let out a small groan. Taylor jumped away from Nako and up out of her chair. The now conscious Travis Kelsey looked first at Taylor and then to <laughs> Nako. Morning, champ, said Dr. Nako. Ah, ha, ha, ha. The end. Is that the end? Yeah. I can't fucking believe the Foxy Pirates are only there for like two seconds. I had to. Fucking <laughs> what, a, what a cock tease. <laughs> I had oh. to include him somehow. I know. I, I didn't even include him. <laughs> oh, man. I'm... I don't believe you, Mike. Oh. I'm concerned that you're just the whole thing's gonna be out of I, the boxy. Oh, that God, was great. I ah oh, fuck. I can't believe I didn't. That was holy shit. That was good. That was I, really good. You, I I googled it, Taylor Swift's cats as you were telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, does she really have three cats? She does. I know. One of them. Sebastian names, did research. One of them's name's Benjamin Mutton. The, the name of her actual <laughs> pilot is also in that fanfic and the dimensions <laughs> of her plane. Because I don't I, know why I kept including those things. I I was you went into such great detail oh my about God. that. Plane. I feel like you. Are, I feel like you are a fan of Taylor. So were there lines in there that were titles of her songs? I that's the actually as I was finishing, it, I was like, I forgot all, to put her songs. In. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, were they? I couldn't. Like, no, I genuinely I, I I could I not name a Taylor Swift song to save my fucking life right now. So there's a there's a I don't know. There's, there's enough she, words that maybe 
<laughs> put them together. <laughs> Man, people are like, I can't wait to listen to episode 69 of the Fun Piece podcast. And they're going to get the the most sincere Taylor Swift knockout fanfic. <laughs> and most likely, the only one that that's has ever existed. Probably I, true. I don't think that's a most likely. I think it's a for sure likely. No one has I, written any Nako Taylor Swift fan fiction. I will never doubt the internet. All right. I'm going to go to Archive. I will never own. doubt the internet. I'm going to go to Archive of Our Own right now and look. Um, <laughs> I'm going to post it, that's a, that's post unique, it on there. There's something beautiful. <laughs> there's something beautiful about writing something you know has never existed. Yeah. You should post it on there. Oh, my God. People will probably lose their shit. Um <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, who's Nako? <laughs> They're like, I want to know more about Nako now. Fuck Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> and not like, fuck Travis Kelsey. Um, incredible. Shit. Man. All right. <laughs> um, are you ready, Mike? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um. I, despite despite everything, this is Foxyless. I did this as a kindness to you all, because um, if I wrote a Foxy fanfic, it would be a hundred pages. It would be ridiculous, and I just don't think we had time for it. So I had to really edit myself. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Um, I'm gonna say my title last. Last? Yeah. Okay. It does have a title though. Just like all, I just like really all the best books. <laughs> just like all the best books okay well it's gonna give away who's in it okay <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. um but I, I couldn't think of a better time okay yeah that's fine <clears throat> all right got our sensual ears on Ooh. do you want an intro <laughs> huh do you want an uh, intro? we didn't, no it's fine we didn't we didn't intro sebastian i think you mm-hmm. only got an intro right. i don't even know if that's i have to edit so much at the beginning of this all right the sea was relatively still in the early morning hours only brushing the ship gently and rocking it slightly a well-worn seafarer would hardly even notice especially one so familiar to the motions of the baratier as patty on shift alone (laughs) whiling away the hours (laughs) on shift alone whiling away the hours by cleaning sanitizing and prepping ingredients for the morning shift patty grumbled quietly to himself it was never an ideal shift, but one that Zeph insisted be filled. Tonight was supposed to be Zeph's uh, duty, in fact, but he had to make a day trip for supplies and wouldn't be back until the next evening. Any hungry soul that walks through those doors gets fed, Patty mocked quietly to himself, putting a rasp in his voice to best mock his employer. He was grateful, of course, being housed and given such an opportunity as to follow his culinary dreams. Food was his life, and despite an outwardly gruff disposition, he was a man of passion and love for others. Patty understood the value of life and what food could provide those in need. Being of service filled him with pride and made him whole. Still, the graveyard shift was a struggle. A cook longed to be busy and fulfill the service they have trained so hard to provide. Despite the unpredictable nature of the sea, folks still liked to sleep, and it left those stuck on the late shift with little to do, save for the odd soul. Things, in general, had been reasonably quiet, at the Bra- <clears throat> reasonably quiet at the Baratier. Even during the day, it was regulars passing cruise ships or lower-ranking marines to fill the seats in the dining hall. 
The most excitement Patty had seen was whenever he had to put that curly-browed twerp in his place. I guess a quiet night ain't all that bad. Might try experimenting with some new recipes for the menu. An hour passed. Patty had fallen asleep. Head back, leaned in a chair only someone who works in a kitchen for 17 hours a day could find comfort in. After a time, a presence had entered the restaurant, as Patty slumbered. The cook was slowly roused awake by a stale dryness in the air, as if all the moisture had been siphoned from his mouth. <laughs> Patty, s- <laughs> Patty sat up, slowly peeking through the service window from the kitchen out into the dining hall proper. The lights on the floor had been shut off, with the moonlight being the only thing <laughs> that illuminated the restaurant. At a center table, back to the kitchen and facing the main door, a large figure was seated. Patty ran through the situation in his head. Was it covered in fur? Some kind of creature that crawled out of the ocean? No, no, it was it was dry. That much he could tell, with moonlight glistening off uh, anything other with with moon, no moonlight glistening off anything other than the spotless floor. Suddenly, a spark. The figure was briefly silhouetted by the flicker of flames. A deep inhale was followed by a cloud of smoke, and the smell of tobacco drifted up Patty's nostrils shortly after. <laughs> I've heard this place has some of the best food in all the East Blue. <laughs> I figured since I was here on business that I should come and see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> he grinded through teeth, gripping a cigar. The man twisted his neck in Patty's direction, a powerful portrait silhouetted in the moonlight. Patty felt the hair on his neck bristle. Whoever this individual was, he had a strong air of power surrounding him, a demand to be respected. And yet, Patty couldn't help his own nature to put that kind of bravado in its place. No smoking in the restaurant, Patty snorted. Excuse me, the man groaned. You heard me, big man. Take it outside, like everybody else. (laughs) There was dead silence. Patty could feel the air shrink. The man stood, slowly, his full height brushing close to the ceiling. This guy is some kind of monster, Patty thought. He raced for options as the giant figure turned and slid his chair neatly back under the table. The figure took even, confident steps toward the kitchen. Patty was frozen. The light was just enough, just barely enough to make out that face. A massive scar, stripped across it. Slick, jet-black hair and a gleaming object in his left hand. Some kind of weapon? Patty panicked. By the time the situation was processed, the giant was at the service window. Patty, no slouch in in the height department himself, found himself leaning forward and gazing up through the window curiosity overpowering caution the man stared down face forward confident in his posture but his eyes stared down patty's into very patty's very being the silence persisted then a scoff then laughter a terrifying laugh <laughs> the man continued <laughs> but contained his amusement to allow some words you're sure of your position here i respect the confidence he bent forward meeting patty's gaze close enough that Patty could feel the burning of the cigar, but he maintained his composure. The man's face became stern, all humor gone. To tell me what to do, I've killed for less. The man then put out his cigar with his own hand. But you see, I have a lot of killing in my past, and even more in my future. I think for tonight I'd like to savor some peace. I'll respect the sanctity of this place. I'd like to put in an order. Ooh. Patty paused, but instincts kicked in. What, what'll it, what do you have, mister? Uh, I didn't catch your name. Zero. 
Mr. Zero will do, I think. <gasps> Patty paused again, feeling somewhat familiar, feeling something familiar about this man. But it was late, and he was tired. He couldn't be bothered to remember. What'll it be, Mr. Codename? Patty obliged. <laughs> Such spirit. I might have a proposition for you in the future, but for now, a burger will do. Rare. I'll, tr- I'll trust you with the appropriate <laughs> toppings. <laughs> Patty nodded, slowly backing into the kitchen uh, as Mr. Zero stood back up and returned to his seat. Patty did as he practiced all his life. Uneventfully, but with a master's hand, a burger was grilled with fresh-cut onions, evenly stripped lettuce, a thin slice of tomato, house-made pickles, and a signature sauce. All rested on a toasted brioche bun. Mm. The blood from the burger soaked into the bun. The flavor was visual. Mr. Zero <laughs> perked up at the smell of the thing. Patty brought the burger to the table and placed it in front of the guest. With a little hesitation, but great elegance, Mr. Zero scooped up the sandwich and took a bite. This was worth the detour, he muttered, sneaking words through his chewing. The burger was consumed promptly. When the guest was finished, the plate was taken and a check was provided. Patty had a feeling this gentleman was the type to see paying for meals as below him. Much to his surprise, Mr. Zero placed his payment on the table along with a sizable tip. Standing up, Mr. Zero took a beat before looking back at the kitchen where Patty was tidying up. Do you smoke? He asked the chef. In this biz, you bet I do, Patty yelled across the hall. It looked slow. They both gazed at an empty restaurant. Why not join me outside for a moment? Patty silently agreed, setting a rag aside and stepping out from the kitchen, following Mr. Zero outside onto the moonlit deck. Mr. Zero reached into his coat pocket, pulling out two cigars, one being the cigar Patty demanded he put out earlier. Patty accepted the gift and leaned in for a light. The moonlight, <laughs> the moonlight tickled the water as it danced all across the horizon the two were quiet for a time enjoying their vice mr zero broke the silence this is nice i'm sure it isn't always so peaceful here but taking time to enjoy these moments of quiet are important (laughs) i'm in the area on business you see looking for powerful individuals to work alongside me to make a dream come true well, if you're trying to recruit these guns, Patty Flex showing off his considerable musculature, <laughs> they ain't for sale. I hold the old man who runs this place a lot, and I enjoy my life here. No, I suppose that makes sense. I mean no offense, but I don't think you'd last too long where I'm from. I can tell you have a good heart, pure, and free of the burdens of this world. Hold on to that. Patty chewed on this, feeling insulted and admired all at once. He let it go until he felt a hand rest on his shoulder. He looked up at Mr. Zero, still looking up at the moon. Mr. Zero whispered, I won't have a chance to be so vulnerable again, and I don't foresee myself coming back here or even seeing anyone from this restaurant ever again. Patty felt himself sweat, (laughs) nervous what might happen. The grip of the hand on his shoulder was powerful, but soft. Like being buried in a pile of sand at the beach. Restricting, but comfortable. He looked up at Mr. Zero's. The Zero, their eyes met, light from the moon revealing a tender look in both their faces. Mr. Zero was the kind of man to take what he wants, with precision and care. He wanted Patty, and without realizing it, Patty wanted him. They both knew this was a moment, maybe not love, but something closer to passion. It felt forbidden and unknown. Mm. It felt raw and spontaneous. Mm. 
one of them seeing a future where such tenderness may never exist again, where death may be the only thing they, <laughs> sorry, where death may be the only option. The other, stuck in a life he loved, but destined for routine, and a life that had been devoid of any sort of romance. This moment was purely unattainable in any moment other than the one they shared now. Then they 69 on the deck. The end. (laughs) 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 Happy episode 69, everybody. (laughs) That's how it ends. Yeah, they 69 on the deck. You know what it is. I don't have to describe it. That's a pretty sexy cheeseburger in the middle, too. That's a really sexy cheeseburger in the middle. <laughs> I there. was writing that, and I'm like, I'm so much more into this cheeseburger. <laughs> it's a really oh, sexy... Uh, sorry. Sorry. And the title is, You Like Crabby Patties, Don't You, Crocodile? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, patties. Oh, my God. Why? Was this a bad episode? <laughs> I, I think this is a great episode. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Did you actually write? And then they sixty nine on the deck of the ship. Or yeah, <laughs> it's it's literally that whole like intense paragraph, and then it says, <laughs> "Then they sixty nine on the deck." The end. Perfect. That's. The, I knew how I wanted to end it, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> that's the perfect ending to. Um, our fan fiction uh, smut piece podcast uh, episode sixty nine dip. It's great. Episode sixty nine. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So the Mister Zero is crocodile. I don't know if you guys knew that. I. <laughs> <laughs> it it's fun because at the beginning it it's almost like for a moment you think oh did he get smoker. Is it smoker in Patty? <laughs> um, but no, it's it's crocodile. Mm, it's yeah, good. it's crocodile the whole time. He mm. also likes cigars. Yeah. You know that it's really hard to look up stuff about crocodile, <laughs> like his laugh, without getting almost spoiled. Oh yeah, that would would be tough for both of you guys to look up information about your characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't Ga- really Gaimon, know the context for Gaimon was pretty easy. Gaimon. Gaimon Patty was easy too. I don't think Patty comes up too much. (laughs) (laughs) Gaimon, pretty simple. Thousand Sunny, I didn't really have to do much. This is great. Yeah. This is great. This is a good, this is the new podcast, I think. Hey, everyone, if you like this, you should let us know. Join the Discord link in the description. Yeah. We'll, um, I I probably won't do this again because it felt like homework, but. I have fun. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do it again. I love writing stuff. Hopefully, yeah. see hopefully make... next time I get two One Piece characters. <laughs> hopefully, you get two at least two at minimum two One Piece characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we we had a big wheel and um, on it was yeah, it was all uh, One we Piece. Jokingly characters. added Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the only non-One Piece character. She was better than getting the ashes of Ohara. That would have been... (laughs) I mean, I think that would have been kind of funny if someone had the ashes of Ohara. I think Um, that's... Is that what I had originally, or is that what you had, Sebastian? One of you did. The choices were... I I could tell you the choices. I just pulled it up. Yeah, because I I, I re-rolled after... 
Don Cacino because I don't know who that is. Cause yeah, we, had, oh, man. <laughs> we were we were so jealous. I, I got I got I got a mention of Don Cacino in there. Uh, there was Whoop Slap, <laughs> Laboon, Pincers, The Crab, The Thousand Sunny, mm-hmm. Daddy the Father, Inaru, Helmeppo, <gasps> Big Lips Phil, Gaimon, Django, Taylor Swift, Doctor Grandpa, Don Cacino, Kokoro, Amazon, Robin's mom. Mike Mike insisted it wasn't Olvia, it was Robin's mom. Um, yeah. The charred remains of Ohara, uh, <laughs> the Sumaguri guards that just like drank poison and died immediately. I wanted them so bad. Crocodile and then Patty the Pooper. <laughs> so it's great. I can't believe I got the last two in sequence. Jesus. Yeah. Um what a beautiful thing. Uh, thank you all if you've listened this far. Now we're going to switch over to transponder snails. Yeah, we got a couple transponder <laughs> um, snails. And we will be back to normal programming next week. We will. We just wanted to do something fun for Valentine's slash episode 69. Um, all right. So we got we got two transponder snails. Um, two... So, first one here is from uh, from Dum Dum Fruit. Dum Dum Fruit. <laughs> Do I have to edit that? <laughs> I think you'll be okay. Okay, I'll I'll edit it anyway. Um, Tony Hawk anyway, Sound. Tony Hawk Sound. Tony Hawk Sound. Oh man, Matt, you want to read this because I have to take a note about the thing. I, have I to can. Edit. Yes, this is from Dum Dum Fruit. <laughs> it says, "Scrambled mess of thoughts of a dying old millennial." I'm 28. It's a long email. Uh, we're all older than you, Dum Dum Fruit, so we feel your pain. Uh, One Piece email. Hello, owner of the Tangent Tangent Fruit and Remember Remember Fruit. Oh, and Mrs. Historian and the Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all of us. It is I, Dum Dum Fruit. I know it's been a very long time since I last sent an email, but the laziness and work depression is real, especially where I live in Cali. Anyways, I know it's your guys' thing to butcher names that I honestly, I can't even tell anymore if you're being serious or not in those <laughs> pronunciations. Like Ryuma and especially Flan. You guys say it the British way. Uh, I did do Ryuma wrong. That was my fault. Please. How is flan pronounced? Flan? Flan? I don't know. Is it flan? Radagana flan? I say flan because I do the little... Whatever. Anyway. So what I'm saying is the Hispanic blood in me made me email faster. Sorry. Also, you guys summoned me by saying my name in the last app. Talking about Spanish. Did you know in Spanish, Perona's name literally means bad bitch? <laughs> I never noticed that, but my wife did. Also, never thought about the zombies as dying without the shadows in them. But yeah, I guess it is death. I like to think they're more like puppets and the shadows the string. The only time we see real death is in flashbacks and only when the show tells us someone dies. Besides that, you guys had some questions about the show and I think I can answer them. No spoilers, of course, but I'm sure you guys were already spoiled about a certain donut. So sorry about that. It was ruined for you. <laughs> So here are some cool or at least interesting things and answers. Um, About Coco Maria, I don't know how much they went into his backstory. I think they go more in depth later, but he is 200% depressed. (laughs) 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 The the last part of the Foxy arc was filler, (laughs) except the duel between Luffy and Foxy. Also, he hasn't shown up in the manga again since then so far. 
Allegedly. He'll be back. Allegedly. He'll be allegedly. He'll be back. Uh, I think None it, of it's filler. I think it's funny that in the four kids dub, Arlong never kills Nami's mom. He just points his finger at her and says, send her to the dungeon. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, in the four kids dub, they skip the Laboon storyline. The whale is just an iceberg they avoid. I did know what? that. I did know what? that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, in Skypea, when the Skypeans uh, say Hesso as a greeting, in Japanese, the word just means belly button. So Luffy's reaction makes more sense. That's hilarious. Um, don't know if you guys noticed, but Robin never called the Straw Hats by their names, usually giving them nicknames until the Ennies Lobby arc, probably because she didn't want to get close to them. That's really mm. sad. She also probably Except just for... didn't know their names. Did she ever call Chopper Chopper or just Doctor? She might just call him Doctor, or have called him mm-hmm. that, yeah. Anyway, Smoker's weapon is not fully made of sea prison stone. It's just the tip. That's why you can hold it. Mm, just the tip. Just the tip. 69. Uh, Otis stated in SBS that Devil Fruit users are susceptible to all types of water, not just seawater. This includes the White Sea surrounding Skypea. He elaborated on this, saying that moving water, like rain or waves, does not weaken Devil Fruit users, while standing water does. Oda also said in uh, SBS that it is not until a devil fruit user is knee-deep in water that they become immobilized. I think that's some bullshit, but that's fine, Oda. I, yeah, I think I think Oda doesn't know how it works, and he's just answering questions. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. He's anyway, just going to accept it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. But thank you for that information, Dum Dum Fruit. Uh, Oda also said if Enaru was on the Blue Sea, he would have a bounty of like 500 million berries. That's crazy. That's too much. Um, I can't seem to remember yeah. any others, but if you got questions, shoot, and I'll answer without spoiling, of course. And sorry for the email. Sincerely, Dum Dum Fruit. Please, <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> do, do not apologize. That was great. Thank you, Dum Dum Fruit, for all of your information. Very much appreciate it. Please do not apologize for... The- the transponder snail. <laughs> Whatever. We appreciate them. It gives us some some more stuff to add on, especially when we just have uh, three fanfics. Yeah. <laughs> we need more shit to talk about. Uh, I don't know if I have any other oh, questions. I could have made mine longer. Could have made. <laughs> I could have made my way longer. I made mine quite short. It's fine. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, this is this is a special episode. It's, I think we did it the exact right length. Um, so no length is wrong. Yeah. Sometimes things are longer, sometimes things are shorter, and um, regardless of length, you're perfect, and we love you. It's not um, about the destination, it's about the journey, and as long as everyone had a good time with 69, then, everyone, everyone, then everyone's good. Um, I forgot to add an asterisk to my fanfic, because... Um, Crocodile talks about how he like is like killed people before. Um, I forgot that in my fanfic, the word "kill" is actually a um, one Piecean term for uh, knocked over really hard. Oh, oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did you li- <laughs> did you like in mine that instead of the Sunny being trapped in a spider web when they're on Thriller Bark, that the Sunny actually sailed all the way back to the East back Blue? Back to the East Blue. <laughs> I let it go. <laughs> I think that's that's my head cannon. Um, There's nothing saying that that didn't happen. Yeah, it could be happening right now during the episodes we watched. It 
probably is. Like they haven't they they left they went to the Sunny and then they like left it and the Sunny's probably like, Well I'm bored, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with Gaimon and get fucking laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Uh one more email from T Gen uh titled Nice T Gen. Uh Okay, two-part transponder snail. The second part is more of a proposal than a question, which you can decide whether you want to read it on air or not. Well, we read that, so we are. <laughs> One, I was having a discussion with my brother about Buggy and how you guys were saying you'd always have your butt in the bathroom so, you'd never ha- so you never had to poop. Um, so what happens if Buggy eats like a key or something? Can he poop out wherever his butt is? What if Buggy ate the One Piece? Um <gasps> I feel like I feel like we've probably talked about this at length, right? Did we not? I feel like buggy. If it goes in the mouth, it comes out the hole. Like comes out the butthole, or comes out the hole <laughs> below him. The butthole. Like I feel like he. It goes through the whole process. It travels magically through him. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. Like when he was little, buggy. I'm pretty sure he pooped when he was little, buggy. Like I think his, his butt, little, buddy, his little butt was, like he I had think his real butt was just shitting and pissing. No, I don't think he. No, no, no. His, he was, his little butt wasn't shitting and pissing. You don't think all those guys on his crew would like <laughs> uh, even his like dead corpse would be like, oh man, it keeps releasing its bowels after death, and they just kept wiping it up to clean him. No, why would they wipe it up? We just let him sit be there and sh- shit and piss. No, I think they. I think they'd clean. I think uh, Richie would clean it. Gross. Richie, yeah. Richie is the captain of the ship. Yeah, but he's he loves Buggy. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's fair. Anyway, um, we're moving on. Part part two. So I go to this barcade. Uh, I go to this bar arcade, a barcade, if you will, called Free Play in Providence. A lot. They have two full rows of fighting games, but more importantly, they have a four-way air hockey table called Pirate King. So I have a Blackbeard costume basically because of you guys, and you guys have a Luffy and a Shanks costume. I propose we roll up, maybe get a few more. We can also have a Tekken tournament. We can shout Dunkachino and Big Piss the whole damn time. Let's go. (laughs) Um, I've been to Free Play in Providence uh, a few times. Um, It's pretty good. The fighting game sticks are not like... uh, super well maintained i think um there's a third strike (laughs) cabinet you don't get a third strike cabinet a lot third strike's fucking good uh i don't know i don't think matt will ever let me dress up as luffy again yeah because he was he was so upset about my nipple being exposed yeah nipples don't exist in one piece it's true yeah so matt can't emotionally handle if he sees me dressed as uh luffy and my nipple pops out also i don't know how i feel about shanks these days <laughs> who red-haired shanks you know shanks oh yeah we'll probably see him in another like 10 hundred yeah 10 hundred 10 hundred i don't know about dressing up but i mean barcade sound fun but Mm. Barcades have fun. I don't know. You know, maybe at some point, uh, write in if you're in the New England area, and um, maybe we can justify having like a meetup or something. Mm. Um, as long as all of you pretend uh, agree not to kill us, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> Unless it's specifically the Mike Hunt, 
unless it's oh fuck god damn it i can't matt will meet you and you'll have a good time and i won't because yeah. I, I do this is a this is a trick people will try to kill me this is a trick tjen's just trying to get the mic hunt over early oh my fucking god i almost fell for it i'm never going back to providence <laughs> tjen oh, i almost fell for the thanks matt tjen oh tjen you're supposed to message me on the side if you're trying to take mike out early come on <laughs> I feel like it is legal to try to uh, kill me before the mic hunt starts. Um, that that's called a, a pre mic hunt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's it's more sporting, uh, and you know you're gonna you're gonna lose popularity points. I think in the final the final election of um, king of the mic hunt, it's more of a mic mic trap. No, mic yeah, yeah. mic. I don't know. I don't. I don't know any other jokes with my name. Um, well, you, man, you I got doxed nothing. your whole name. La- we, you doxed your whole name last episode. Did I? Yeah. You na- your whole oh, name, Mike, Mike all, Mike all. Oh, oh. I mean, even <laughs> if they knew my full, um, your full name, Mike all Skype, <laughs> my full Anaruvian name. Um, they wouldn't, I, I, I'm almost ungoogleable. Wow, ungoogleable. Yeah, oh, I will yeah, put yeah. in my full name. He he is. I know why too. Why? What? Uh, it, there's like so many people with my name. Oh, interesting. So many fucking people with my name. Even like in the town where I grew up, there were multiple people with my full name. He's so my, I, Mike has been planning for the Mike hunt since he was born. Yeah, you can't find me. You're going to be T- killing T- so many T- other mics. T-Gen almost got you. T-Gen almost got you. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to go <laughs> to where? You're going to go to Boston and say, oh, I need I need to find a white guy with a beard and <laughs> dark hair. Oh, oh, yeah. Good luck. I look like fucking, I'm like, you go into a character creator in a video game and you hit default male two and that's me. <laughs> There you go. That's it, folks, in case you were wondering. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, this has been the Fun Peace Podcast, a very special episode known as the Smut Peace Podcast. It wasn't even that smutty. There wasn't even that smutty. No, mine had 69 in it. Mine was sexy. This has been episode 69. It did. I had a tender, loving kiss. I I don't want to edit this one, Matt. We had so many fucking problems at the beginning. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to have to, Mike. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, oh, Jesus. God damn it. It's Can not... we afford an editor? <laughs> no. We, no. Don't, we don't make money off of this at all. <laughs> we don't make why? any money from this. Oh we just have God. fun. It's a good it's time. It's like the listeners don't love us that much that they're not all sending us $5. <laughs> okay. If only there was a website where people could send us five dollars. If a month. only there was some, yeah. <laughs> but we love you all very much, and we we appreciate you listening and partaking and being friends over the interwebs with us. It's a good time. I'm not. If I'm not sure if I love any of you, because I feel like you're all trying to hunt me now. It's true. We are. Uh, everyone, if you want to join in on the hunt, join the Discord link in the description. Also, if you follow us on other socials, Instagram. TikTok sometimes, Twitter. I'm. I decided if I only post on X, I'm gonna just post Dunkachino memes. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to call everybody out. It's D U N K A 
C-C-I-N-O. That's how you spell Dunkachino. Were people I'm just not put, I'm spelling just put, it? People were spelling it with a, a C-H. I'm calling you out, T-Gen. I saw how you spelt it. Ooh. I'm oh, fucking I'm calling oh, you fucking out. Trying to kill me at a barcade. I'm going to call you out on the name of a local drink that doesn't exist anymore. Got it. Uh, a black and white frap? That's it. <laughs> Fuck. Do, do we email us at funkpeacepodcast at gmail.com. Did you say that already? Yeah, transpanders. Send us a transponder smell. Audio. Transpanders. Email format or in audio. If you send audio, please make it less than two minutes so Mike doesn't freak out about the editing because this episode. Freak the fuck out. This episode wasn't supposed to have editing and now has a lot of editing. It has so much editing. I don't. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, we love you all. Hey, Sebastian, what's the one piece? Um, it's a beautiful story. Oh. I'm going to cover myself in olive oil so it's harder for people to catch me. <laughs> I'm going to put myself in honey so I stick to everyone. Oh my God. I'm going to put peanut butter all over Sebastian so he has some sustenance when we're running around during the mic hunt. I'm already covered in peanut butter. Oh, I always am. Like that, <laughs> you're like that baby. You're like that one baby that goes, oh. <laughs> that is how most people describe me, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I quit. I'm done with the podcast. I'm not doing it next week. Hip, 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 hip.